Scissors episode four eight. We uh we two down today. We got we got Creamy out, got Lynette out. So we just rocking with my man Drew, the financial guru. Now before the show started, y'all should have seen. He just gave out like <laughs> he just gave out gave out a million dollars worth of information yes. for nine ninety nine. Yes. <laughs> About a good sixty minutes. Where we could have did that whole show. We could have that right there. Show. But um, I'm gonna let y'all know something. Drew's about to come on board, and he's gonna have a segment where he's gonna discuss the financial side of uh, black culture. Yes. Life insurance, real estate. What else? Investing, uh, credit, cash. All that good stuff. All that stuff that we don't know a lot about. That we're behind it. So he's going to be on here just dropping all that for y'all. For free. All you got to do is tune in to Mike Paper Scissors. That's it. But uh, we're going to start off today. We're going to talk about uh, the Black Codes. That was established in... From 1865 to 1866. Yes. Where laws were passed in the southern states, where um, meant to control the, the freedom of black people. Laws used from state to state. Some were some some laws where freedmen still didn't have the privilege to read and write. It was against the law. It was against yes. the law from the, to read and write. Um, they two states, Mississippi. In South Carolina were the first states to legalize black codes. Mississippi had a law where, you know, every January, black people had to show proof, uh, um, documentation for proof of employment. That's bananas. Yes, <laughs> yes. And South Carolina had a law that a black person could not hold any job other than a servant or a farmer. Mm-hmm. And if and it, unless they paid an annual tax of between ten dollars and a hundred dollars, race, you know, <laughs> I know when you hear about this, you, you just like it's unimaginable. It's 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 back then it was less in your face, or it was more in your face because you know we weren't as educated about it, and there wasn't social media. But that's right; those codes, it, it's it, that was the norm. That's what they expected as black folk. Listen, we they had the 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 the, the blood rule like black folks could not assemble together unless a white person was present. Yes, yep. Yep. I'd heard about that. Um there was a lot of little things like that that they that we couldn't do. We couldn't mobilize, um, we couldn't we couldn't have discussions, certain types of discussions without white folk present. Yeah, it was back then. They they had it totally different back then. Okay. Um, the 
Oh, so what's your thoughts on the black holes? I mean, my, my thoughts is it, it's when I had, when you sent me the information about it, I didn't realize it was called specifically the black codes. I, I knew it as just a way of living, that that's how it was back then. Um, and what's interesting is that they, they had the black codes. It was somewhat of an informal thing. And then it was almost like a trial run before they passed a, an act in, 19, in 1867 that was pretty much that pretty much was a, a tailored more of a tailored um, law that was just like the black codes but now it's just on paper where we couldn't do certain things um, we were we were we were designated certain types of ways so that again we couldn't get certain jobs so we couldn't get certain access to medications or, or money property yeah I mean for me it's it, it it's no different than what's happening today. It's it's no different than what's happening today. I was gonna ask you that. Like, did you feel like it's almost like it's happening today, right? With the with the black codes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just in a different form. Just in a different form. Just like with you know some of these banks, one of these big banks we talked about on one of the last shows, they had their own black code. They they didn't they didn't loan to certain they didn't loan to black people. That's a black code in itself. It's just different. That's all. It's just it's just it just looks different. Different wrapping. <laughs> Well, um, so see, being in the financial side, yeah, have you seen any type of discrimination personally? Where the channel that I worked in, I did not see it deliberately. Um, again, it's not as in your face as it was even 10, 15 years ago. But when people apply for certain things and they ask certain questions, these institutions are able to figure out what you are. They can also, when they take a look at some of your history and reports, they can see, they can, they can get a good idea of, of what you might be. Um, because, again, in today's version of the Black Code, we, we are doing what they want based on their codes. And we're saying things and talking the way they want based on the codes that they're kind of putting in our head, I think. So, no, I haven't seen it. Answer the question. I haven't seen it smack, smack in the face, but um, it's, it's definitely there. It's def they're def they've definitely tailored things to be able to figure out who you are and what you are. Right, right. As I was, I was reading the article about the black codes, I was just like, like, I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, you, you read about it, but then when you, when you kind of like visualize it in your head and how it actually had to be, you're like, man, like, the, the sickness was real. Yeah. And then for them, for them, though, they thought it was like they thought they were getting a deal. They thought that this was, you know, they, they're free. Yeah. And, you know, at least I'm not on the plantation anymore. Sure. Sure. There's a code. Sure. I can't do this or do that. But hey, at least I can go here and go there. And that's kind of like that constant mentality that, that we have even now as black folks, where it's, well, hey, at least it's not this. At least it's not that. Yeah. And I, I got yeah. this now. You know, I, I got this much. I, I've made it. You know, I got I got $100 in my pocket. I got blue faces. I made it. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no. But that's like, like we were saying, it's just that's the code that they develop now. You know, and, and real quick, and there's a code for what? Black boys are going to be basketball players. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. There's like, 
you know, I was, uh, you know, based on what I do now, I was in a particular place where I saw, um, you know, the youth, they were doing a project and the, the project was referring to snow and balling. And it was a really cool kind of a thing that they had put together, a demonstrative that they had put together for the kids and, and other and adults to see. Mm-hmm. And I, back in my mind, I'm like, that, that's kind of like that code where they, they, they feel like this would be funny and it'd be cute because the kids, all they know is balling and they know snowballing. So let's, let's do this. Let's tie that all together. That kind of speaks to a small code where, again, black boys, black men feel like the only way to be successful is to play sports, is to play ball, not be educated, um, not be smart, not be patient. Speaking of that, that's why I feel like the um, the GPA for, for kids that play sports is bananas. It's like a 1.67. Mm-hmm. And some will argue that it should remain there because certain kids won't get the grades to play sports. Right. But I'm like, you got to set a standard. Right. Put the bar high and have them reach high because exactly. when they have, when they think they're going to go to a D1 college, not with a 1.67 average. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. You ain't going, no. You ain't getting, you're not achieving no goals in life with, with see, that's the thing about it. It's not just about, you know, the 1.67 or the 2.0. Um, you know, with my, my wife's an educator, and it's it's not about just them getting the grade. It's about them doing the certain behaviors that'll help them be successful when they get to the next level, whether that's sixth grade or ninth grade or college or profession. It's the behaviors. And that's that's what they're losing. And, you know, stick a number there, 1.67, that's what he's got to worry about. You know, not necessarily the behaviors of making sure he gets up on time or goes to bed on time or starts the schoolwork right away when he or she comes home. Right, right. You know? Because... If you're aspiring for a one six seven, like you're um, you're gonna do the bare minimum. You're gonna do the bare minimum. You're gonna do the bare minimum. Like I'm, that's basically like playing with, I think D's and an F. Yeah, you're playing with C minuses. You might have a B in there, and that's and that's just enough. It's just enough. So, you know, your talent will only get you so far. You know, your talent, and you know, LeBron, you know, Bron Bron even figured this out that. You know, my talent's only going to get me so far. You know, he had been exposed to enough where he was able to beat the black code and, and say, you know what, I'm going to give back. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to stand up and, and have an opinion on things. That's, that's, that's not part of the black code. Right. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it'll, it'll always be forever a thing. It, it'll... It'll just be called something different, but what it, the end goal is is always going to be there. All right. Now, before we jump into the next part, I always do my, my Black History moment, and um, I thought this one was interesting, considering we we just kind of like led into into talking about education, and um, so my my Black History moment is about his, his name is Alan Locke. He was the first person to receive the Rhodes Scholar. In 1907, um, he was also the dean, called coined the dean of the Harlem Renaissance. You know, most of that was you know for entertainment. The Re- yes. Harlem Renaissance was like our black space, yes, because we weren't allowed, you know, 
into certain venues to, to perform yes, our acts. Yes. Um, well, anything. His father was the first the first black employee of the um, U.S. Postal Service. Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know, the Rhodes Scholars International Postgrad Award for students to study at the University of o- Oxford University. And it usually goes to politicians, scientists, authors, entrepreneurs. And it was it was started to promote unity between British Empire and the U.S. And uh, yeah. one brother that actually has it is um, Senator Cory Booker. He's a Rhodes Scholar. Yes. So I thought that was kind it's of cool. It's, it's, it's cool. It's, you know, that's that's the little the little carrot that they dangle in front of us then. And now, and we have to do a better job at, uh, of taking those carrots and, and, and us trying to do the same thing. Because we don't know about that. They don't talk about that. Um, no, not at all. They, 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 don't, they don't talk about that stuff. They, and they being, um, you know, social media, education outlets, the people that control the, the knowledge that's being put out there. Yeah, so because on our last one, we, we discussed about, um, we talked about, North Carolina, you know, shooting down a, um, a ruling to have Black History be mandatory in schools. Yeah, I think it should be mandatory, and it should be a, a mandatory across the country. Absolutely. Well, that, that's the thing, though. But that's that's the thing. It's not just like Black history. It's it's our history. It's it's white folks' history too, just as much as it is our history. You know, like a lot of the inventions, like you're saying, like a lot of these things happen because we were doing something for them. So it's like. It's like our history is their history, and that's the sad part about it is that it's being taken away, and it's and it's it's even being twisted, whitewashed. Some would say to to look and sound different than what than what the history really is. Absolutely, like I talk. That's what one of the things I started doing. You know, when I do my Black History Moment, I talk about the inventions because they don't get recognized yeah. for all of that. I mean, we got. The toilet seat, the tricycle, oh. the mailbox, yeah. fire escape ladder, refrigerated trucks, yes. the gas mask, the traffic yes. light, the yes. water gun. Yes, like, the, the ironing board. The ironing the, board. The iron, I mean, like, it's so great. We were, <laughs> we were doing all this stuff for them. <laughs> right. Like, for them. And what they don't know is some of that, some of that was getting stolen from right under their noses because... A lot of black inventors couldn't afford a patent. Right. So right. the white inventors were taking it and yes. claiming it as your own. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we were speaking before, and Lynette spoke on it like, like, what what did they really did they what did they invent? <laughs> what did they invent? Like what did y'all what they do? Like I'm sticking by my I'm sticking by my my coat my theory that I don't think Betsy Ross sold the uh, Come American on, flag. I don't Everybody think she did that. it. Come on, man. I'm she sorry. I, I hope, you know, nobody takes, but she did not. No, I ain't feeling sorry. I, listen, I'm, I'm banging she didn't do she it. She did not do it. Nah. She, she, listen, she was, she was in the other room when them, when them Negroes was cooking up that flag. She was in the other room. She did, no. Yeah, she no. was in there barking out orders, but exactly. she, wasn't, she ain't sold no damn flag. No, 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 no. And, and, you know, that's, man, there's a bunch of other things, you know, that they didn't, that, you know, they'll be like, oh, this, they put a name, you know, associate a white name or a white face to something. And it's like, look, niggas did that. <laughs> Sorry, niggas did that. Niggas did that one. <laughs> but y'all got that. So let's, let's, let's jump on to this. Um, 
CNA, your background is financial. Yeah. Let's talk about the. What do you got? Let's talk about some life insurance. Life insurance. So. The generational wealth. It is little the, snippet that people don't know. It, it is the cornerstone of generational wealth. I, you know, I had a conversation with a, a very uh, a prominent person in the community about a year or two ago in my house, and and he said that insurance was a, a ripoff. And I life insurance, not life insurance. Just insurance. Insurance is a ripoff. Um, whether, well, I whether, mean, car insurance is a ripoff. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's 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 one thing, but we. But insurance in general is not a ripoff. It, it is that is something that I would I wanted black folks to erase out their mind. I want them to to not hear that. It is super important to have some kind of life insurance, particularly if you have kids. It is the cornerstone of foundational wealth. Period. Period. So we're you know we're taught to get just enough to to bury you. Right. And, you know, they're taught to max it out so, you know, your kids have enough money to buy cars, houses, businesses. Right. To achieve. All that jazz. Right. right. To achieve the dream, to achieve the goals that they, that they, that their family has set, you know, whether it's education, whether it's owning property, continuing a business, whatever. Um, it, it is, again, it's the, it is the cornerstone of, of, of generational wealth. And it's and it's cheap. Some will say it is. Some will say it's not. Some, you know, I can't pay you fifty dollars a month, but you know, you blow that. Not bullshit. You know what I mean? So, it's it's you know, with like so I say to my clients, you know, it's about prioritizing. Um, even even you know, two dollars. It's about prioritizing your last ten dollars or your last twenty five dollars. Right. Um. So what do you what do you feel what do you feel they should people should know when purchasing life insurance? I mean, because you got the, you got your whole life, you got your term. Yeah, you got you got um, you got term and you've got whole life or, or permanent. I like to just call it permanent. So what's the difference? Um, term is is just like a term. It lasts for a certain amount of time. And then once that time is up, you can make a decision to buy more term or more time, or you can convert it over to a permanent policy um, or a whole policy. Whole meaning your whole life. Um, term is very inexpensive. Um, you can get you can get enough coverage to pay your debt to to live your life and then pass on to your children. It is it is inexpensive, and the the thing that you have to know is that um, and then, like I said, even if we just touch on term, again term you get it for a certain amount of time and you get a set amount when somebody passes. Yes, there's no there's no nothing there's no in between in regards to a cash value or anything. There's mm -hmm. nothing building, so you don't get anything from it in the in the present. But again, it, it just protects your future. Future being your kids, <laughs> or your or your property. So if we have, if you have some black business owners, like I know there's plenty, of, like there's some black business owners right now who do not have life insurance or have insurance on their business. So when they, so if something happens to them, they're done and the business is done. They're done and the business is done. And then their kids, 
and the kids got debt, right? And then the kids incur the debt. Or the more the headache, which then leads to debt. Because it, it you you don't we don't realize obviously what happens to our family when we die, right? Because we're dead. Right. But um you know, if you've co-signed on something, if you've had if you you know, if your mom or your or your wife or your brother or sister has co-signed on a debt with you, well they're stuck with the debt. And they didn't have any life insurance on it. You had no life insurance on yourself. Now they're stuck paying your $20,000 debt to, to Mercedes. They're stuck paying back the $150,000 mm-hmm. to Chase. You know, because, you know, your brother co-signed for you. Um, you know, we, we take advantages. We take advantages of getting of getting credit, but we don't take advantages of, of securing cash. You know, and that's all part of the code. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> so... What you're saying is there's a lot of hidden information. There's a lot of hidden information. You know, I, I strongly encourage people to, to, you know, sit down with a, um, you know, with a financial planner or, or an advisor, you know. So can you do that? I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Right. Um, if, if somebody is interested, you know, I would have them reach out to you and then you could reach out to me. Um, just because we're not going to be sponsoring any any companies or, or businesses that I may or may not work for, but yes, yes, I I do this daily. This is my job, um, is to educate, and I got into it because I wanted to educate um, blacks and browns further. Cool, cool. Um, all right, let's jump on to your next one. This is kind of kind of like going to lead into the segment that you're going to be doing, so. Mm. I just improvised. I say like, we're gonna switch this whole segment up. We're just gonna just switch it over to the things that you're gonna discuss as you become a regular on here. Okay. Um. So as we were talking earlier, we were also discussing was it credit we were talking about? Yeah, we were talking about credit. Um, and the that was an hour. Gems. That was an hour yeah. worth of. Matter of fact, let's just jump off that real quick. Let's jump into how we talked about. Um, <clears throat> Equity in your house. Oh man, I, I mean, this is like my favorite thing to kind of talk about is, is equity in the property that you have. Um, you know, you gotta take you know we gotta take advantage of the stock market and how well it's been doing. And home values are t- directly tied to the stock market. Directly tied to the stock market. Um, if you have, if your home, if you know the homes in your area, we're going to use round numbers. If you know the homes in your area are going for 200 plus, right? And you owe 150000 on your mortgage, that means you get a statement in the mail, shows your minimum, you know, your monthly payment, and it shows your balance, and it shows you owe 150000 right? You could easily go. But you got 50000 in there to, that's sitting there right that's your money right exactly right so let me let me go back real quick so you owe 150 Mm -hmm. we said that the homes in your area are going for 200 so there's a good possibility your house goes for two hundred thousand dollars right so there's a fifty thousand dollar gap there hopefully you know people are following me house is worth two hundred thousand you owe 150 there's a fifty thousand dollar gap there that's called equity that's what you've been paying into it Mm mm-hmm so you can tap into that $50,000 by going to a bank and telling them that you'd like to access the equity in your home. From there, that is the cheapest way to borrow money and to invest in yourself if you bought a property, period. Okay, so 
but with the equity. Yes. Can people in, in the black community, and I'm, you know, this is a black show in a black space, so we're going exactly. to focus on us. I like it. Do they know? Because you're, you know, black people are told, you know, you leave the equity alone, you're causing another bill, blah, blah, blah. When in actuality, that equity is what? That equity is is your cash. So that's why when someone says leave your equity, leave your equity, they're they're telling you leave your cash, leave your cash. That's why Beyonce said her song, Pay Me in Equity. Because it's it's cash that's sitting there that she can access later. That's the difference between what people are paying her and what people owe her. So that's that's the equity. So right, you 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 want to access that. You want to access that by again, by going into a bank and telling you want to access it. And what they do is they give you, they pretty much they take um, your property, they take what it's worth, and they pretty much give you a line of credit. Not pretty much, they give you a line of credit for you to use that money, whether it's to improve your home, pay down debt, um, or purchase another property. So like you broke it down, so you can take that debt. So say you have hundred thousand dollars in debt yeah and you have the equity in your house you take that debt that equity you will pay off your debt absolutely which will ultimately save you thousands of dollars a year absolutely so you and you're just you just created just one bill where you're paying back that money exactly at a low interest rate and at a lower price exactly so you're right like so you, you know, I would tell somebody right now, grab a pen and paper, and you're going to draw three buckets, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a bucket one, a bucket two, and a bucket three. Bucket three is your retirement bucket. That's money that you're not touching. Bucket two is your cash on hand. You want to go out, you want to go on a trip, you want to go on vacation. That's cash on hand. That's a savings account. Bucket one consists of credit, consists of credit cards, debit cards, so on and so forth, home equity line of credit. All right. So you want to be able to funnel your debt all into that one bucket, meaning you're not using bucket two or three to pay off debt. And if you are doing that, that's a whole other conversation. But you're using that bucket one to pay off your debt and get it all into one bill. Like I told, like I, like I was explaining to you, how would it sound to get rid of five credit card payments, put it all into one bill, and essentially pay less money on that one bill than you did across those five credit cards? Because you're cutting down, paying interest on all those credit cards. Like you said, it saves you thousands of dollars a month. Thousands of dollars a month. Actually, a year. Uh, Well, yeah, more a year, exactly. Hundreds a month and thousands a year. And for some of us, for some of us who are going negative in our bank accounts by by $5 or $2, well, you probably paid 26% interest on that that Louis Vuitton that you got on your credit card. 26% shit. (laughs) shit. Listen, I mean, I, you know, I, I heard I heard recently, I heard somebody pay $800 to fly first class, which means you probably put down a credit card at 20%. So right. you're going to pay 20% to fly first class when you could easily pay $99 and flow Southwest and, and maybe pay cash for it. So you're not paying interest on something that you could have got cheaper. So that $800 ticket actually turns into... So right, so what's uh, so right, so eight hundred dollars, right? And if it's like you say, you probably just put it on your card. You go put it. Yeah, I mean, if you pay eight hundred dollars cash for a plane ticket, you might be my new best friend. We gotta talk. That's a lot of money. So you gotta hopefully you put that on a credit card. Twenty percent interest, right? Simple math. You know, you know, you break that down. That's what one hundred and sixty dollars. I'm sorry, that's what sixteen dollars. 
interest. And it's $260. And if you're not disciplined, you're not going to pay it off, honestly. I mean, you know, you're not going to pay it off immediately. So you're going to stretch it out over, I don't know, this is, let's just say a year. Let's say a year. Let's say a year. Because a reasonable payment would be $100 a month on something like that. So right. that's at least eight months. You're right. I, I did that math, but that's $160 interest. So, so you just paid nine sixty. You paid nine sixty, and that's if you pay it off within a month, right? Because that month they charge you that interest monthly, whatever that balance is. They don't just take they charge you two interest. They're gonna tack it right on there. So, yeah. So, so ultimately, borrowing your equity in your house isn't a bad thing. Borrowing equity in your home is not a bad thing. It is it is the best way to buy a new another property. It's the best way to purchase a uh, a vehicle if you don't have the cash. If you don't have cash saved on hand, so so tell the people what's the point in having the property if right. you're not gonna if you're not gonna use use the so, investment. So tell the people that little story you just said about how the guy took the equity, bought the car, and then ended up. Um, so this is putting the price back into the sell of the house. Right. So 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 this is this is what white folks were doing in 2014-2015. This is why somebody like Trump who who some of you feel like he's there for the people and vote for the people, yeah, whatever. So the Trump changed this. You can't do this anymore. So said client has a home that's worth $700,000. He comes into the bank and he does a home equity line of credit for half a million dollars. The house is paid for, by the way. House is paid for. This is how he's able to do this, right? So $700,000 house is paid for. So no balance. So at that point, he has $700,000 in equity. Right. So he says, all I need is half a million, right? So he can also, he's borrowing, half, he's taking half a million equity so that he can show the next bank he can afford the next property that he wants to buy. Right. The only reason why he's taking half a million. But in between that time, he sees a new Mercedes at the time of 2015. It was $60,000. Comes into the bank, takes out a cashier's check for $60,000, right? He pulls $60,000 off of that line of credit. Again, it's half a million. He takes $60,000 from it. Mm -hmm. He goes and buys said truck. So... Hopefully, some of y'all understand this. So he obviously has an interest rate, right? The not, not, rate. not the truck is paid for, or the car is paid for. The car is paid for, right? The car is paid for. Now Mercedes was offering him financing at four percent on sixty thousand. Mm -hmm. So this smart man said, "Well, I have a line of credit that has a two percent interest rate. So I'm better off taking the sixty thousand out of my line of credit and buying this vehicle cash and paying two percent back." So that's what he does. Saves himself 2% interest. And then that's in, a lot of money at 60000 And in turn, when he sells his house, he takes the price of the car and puts it into the sale of the house. So now, right. So now the, the stock market has done really well. Um, companies are making money. So, you know, property houses, values are going up. People are improving their homes. Now we're three years later. That house... That was seven hundred thousand dollars in two thousand fifteen. Is now worth a million dollars. So now he says it's time for me to sell. I want to get out of New England. I'm moving down to Florida. So he sells his house for a million dollars. That's now you're thinking to yourself, what about that five hundred thousand, right? That 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 home equity. Mm -hmm. Well, now that million dollars is going to pay off. That sixty thousand dollars that's on his home equity line of credit 
and a dime never comes out of his pocket. So whoever bought the house just paid for his car. So the person in in, in cents in, in in right exactly in in the long term right right the next person who's paying a million for his property when they give him that check he's going to turn around and pay off a line of credit which has you know whatever amount on it but right you say money never came out of his pocket his investment bought another investment and it paid for his cost of living dope <laughs> that's that's how you do it and it's just one of the money man that's one of the little tricks. Little trick, moving money at a cheap at a cheap rate. We won't get the people too much, man. We gotta right. save you for next month when you when you come on and, and drop some word, more gems. Word, word, word. All right, all right, people. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, that was dope. Check your credit. Check your credit. Save your cash. <laughs> Use the equity. <laughs> all right.